Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with it's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're not already a subscriber to the series, I hope you do take a chance to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from Spotify, YouTube, uh, anywhere you get your favorite podcast. That includes iTunes and Apple Podcasts as well, uh, where you can uh, give a rating, leave a review. Would love to hear from you out there. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Gavin Rosdell of the band Bush. Aside from having four new songs on the uh, John Wick 3 soundtrack, it's also leading to a brand new record that comes out this fall called The Mind Plays Tricks on You. We'll be getting a lowdown on what to expect from a record he calls heavy and some of the themes that are involved in it. In fact, some of those themes do crop up on the uh, the first single we've heard here with uh, Bullet Holes, Race Wars, Planet Wars, Mind Wars. He even says Star Wars in that lyric as well. He's obviously talking about bigger picture stuff, and, and we're going to get into how that's affecting him. But it's it's also something that he's done all throughout his career. In fact, uh, two of uh, Bush's earliest records, 16 Stone and The Signs of Things, celebrating their big round number anniversaries this year. So we'll tie in those themes that he's talking about in Bullet Holes and find the breadcrumbs back to those uh, two early records, especially with songs like uh, The Bomb and Testosterone, Space Travel. I'll also ask him a bit about uh, what it was like recording The Signs of Things. It was a very different sounding record for Bush in 1999, an electronic record with lots of sampling. It was also the, uh, the last uh, record that uh, Nigel was with him uh, after he dropped out of the band uh, after that. We'll get a little bit of that story as well. And then back in the 16 Stone years in uh, 1994, that was Bush's debut record. You know, he quotes uh, Bowie, of course, in uh, in one of the songs, and he ended up touring with Bowie. Had to be a big moment. I gotta ask about that as well. I had so much fun with this one. I hope you do too. It's Kyle Meredith with Gavin Rosdell of Bush. 
Hey, good morning. How are you? Dude, uh, I love this new song, Bullet Holes. Congratulations on this one. It's such a powerful song. Nice. So I know this is part of the John Wick uh, soundtrack, and there, there's a few tracks. Of course, this isn't the first time you and, and Keanu have been uh, associated with each other, having been in Constantine together. Have you kept up a friendship this whole time, or is this something kind of rekindled? Um, something rekindled. I haven't seen him. It's one of those situations of you know having worked together and spent a lot of time. It's just great to see him. And what's weird is that Chad, the director, he directed the uh, stunts for us in Constantine. So he, the three of us, have worked together before. So that's why it was a nice synchronicity, a nice kind of um, return. Uh, I'm really interested to see that you know, the chemistry of the the three of you all associated with each other again. I, I know it's not really screen time for you this time, but. Uh... <laughs> My main job, my day job. Right, right. And and Tyler Bates is the other half of this equation. So it's it's you all. Did you write the songs together, or is he just producing? Um, we wrote four songs together, and I went with him to him originally just to write for movies, and then we kind of got along so well that we just kind of morphed into just doing the Bush record. And so we wrote four songs, and I wrote I wrote fourteen on my own. So it's really nice balance. Now, is it is it four songs that actually make the soundtrack, or is it just bullet holes? Well, four songs, including bullet holes, and they, yeah, four songs for the album. You know, this track, and I said it was a powerful song. It seems to be one of those that takes you know two different meanings. I mean, there there, there maybe is um, an action movie you know slant to it that works, but. But you're also tackling big issues again in this, right? I mean, uh, you throw in the, the lines, you know, race wars, planet wars, star wars. I mean, it's, it is it is something more than just... Mind wars. Yeah, something more than just a fight them. Yeah, it wasn't written for the movie. It just had nice synchronicity, but it worked together. So, you know, it is a big song. On the highway, walking across America, sweat stained my blue suede shoes. You know, it's an in, intriguing time to be in America and experiencing the political climate and the, um, you know, every day something insane going on, you know, women's rights, women's uh, bodies, uh, race wars, uh, killings, uh, political unrest. It's just, it's just, it's a ripe, it's a ripe time. I suppose there's always a ripe time, but it just feels so ambivalent and just, you know, it's just really hard to find your footing, you know? So when you're writing a song like this, I mean, how difficult is it to find the balance of, uh, of, of tackling subjects like that, but also, you know, trying to write a good rock song? I, I think it's to do with not being, not being like, trying to be didactic, you know, not trying to say anything, not trying to come with any solutions, not come with any anything like that. You know, it's much more a sense of, uh, of raising the, the, the conversation and, and raising uh, concerns about things. And um, that becomes, a, therefore, a commentary on things. I mean, I don't think it's right to have political edges and with, you know, with solutions in there. Then it just becomes like diatribe and sort of manifestos and things like that, which I think is too dogmatic. And I think that it's just a case of being finding a way to be mindful and sort of sensitive and open to things and then clearly being on the, in, on the side of, of logic and and kindness for um, minorities, races, uh, predicaments, people, you know, as opposed to sort of whitewash things to just fit your own agenda and be selfish and sort of myopic and things like that. So that's one of the benefits of being in a band. That's that's how it can be done, I, I believe. I certainly don't come with them. Um, 
you know, with, with artists, because there are so many different artists, but um, this is a weird time or anything. Yeah, it's absolutely. But it's also not the first time that, that you have tackled, you know, subjects uh, like this. And, and I, I do want to tie in, because I know, you know, two of your older records are, are celebrating big anniversaries this year with 16 Stone and the Signs of Things. But, you know, even going back to 16 Stone, like, I, I went and revisited Testosterone, which, you know, in the age where we're also talking uh, about a lot of the things that you've just mentioned, but also, you know, toxic masculinity. I mean, that, that goes right back to what you were thinking about in 94, or so it seems. And the same with Bomb as well. Bomb is the story about the IRA. You know, growing up in, uh, in where I grew up in North London, you have the um, Orange Day Parade, the Protestants, and you have the IRA, and you have the different pubs you'd go to. IRA pubs, Protestant pubs. So I grew up with all of that. We grew up literally in the 70s as kids with, with uh, bombings. And so in London, so that was a completely politicized, politicized song written in the Spain of somebody goes out shopping and then never comes home. So it's like, again, not kind of coming, coming in with um, criticisms of either side, just a sort of a more of a like, wow, look at the human toll. So yeah, this, of course, this, this is all the way through. This is War, the last song of the last record, was completely inspired by um, Charlottesville and that sort of that whole t- racial tension there, resulting in in, in the death of, uh, of uh, one of the bystanders. So yeah, across the across the board, I think that um, I've always tried to have a little piece of that, but again, being really careful to not have that be the guiding light just within that you know within a conversation within a dinner within a night you know you're going to bring that up someone and then you're going to talk about bullshit and then you're going to talk about other things and then you're going to talk about personal things so it just is a whole just part of a sort of um, i don't know being awake you, you don't really think of of bush as um uh, a political band, maybe in the way you would think of, of of what Tom Morello does, or something like that. But but it is there. I mean, and obviously, you know, there are other sides to it, as as you've also said. But uh, but so exactly what I'm saying. That I really like it. I think that if you have it, where the trouble is, um, if you if you're totally only that one way, you kind of also change it. I mean, I do have. I think politics of the heart and politics of the mind. Are, are, are far more interesting and far more long-lasting and long, longer-reaching than uh, the writing songs about political climates. Just because they're so hard to just, just not be not become across like an asshole. <laughs> you know, so you don't want to be an ass. You sort of like want to be like I'm not so dumb that I don't think about these things, but it's not what I think about all the time. And also, do want a degree of escape in music. And I think that if you if we had done it where we had been over politicized like a Manic Street Preachers, for instance, you know, they never had a song about love in them. But then Motorcycle Emptiness was their prettiest song because it had the kind of the kind of mournful lilt and, um, you know, even though it's sort of like existentialism, it's a sort of has a nice feel to it. So I, I just think I, I'm greedy, you know what I mean? I want it all. I know a lot of concentration is going on 16 Stones because it's 25 years, but I did want to bring up The Science of Things, which is a record that meant so much to me and was so different sounding when it came out in 99 because it sounded like the future. You know, when when I first heard that, I mean, that was the sound of the future. And I know you had just come off the remix album. Was that part of the how that record came to sound the way it did? I mean, it just was, I, you know, it was weird because having done Razorblade with uh, Steve Albini 
I felt there was something about like I'd, I'd betrayed. I wasn't giving anything of of, of England, of our whole history growing up, and the kind of you know the dance world or the, the the kind of programming world. And you know, I came up through dance hall and you know sound systems. They were the backdrop for so much of my youth, you know. And and it was like cool as being really kind of heavy rock and doing a super heavy record and this and that. And I was like, I just fancy doing I don't know, just giving a little bit more. To, to London there for whatever it just felt like the right time maybe we'd been so long on the road and I was like you know this America band's great so hang on you know like we're English so I wanted to do this hybrid where half the record was like not programmed but then some of it a lot of it was and so that's what, what, what uh, it was even the ballads I mean end up having the programming and I mean 40 miles from the sun it's so hypnotizing and letting the cable sleep but there's a lot of stuff kind of happening you know in the background when you put the headphones on it's it's mesmerizing those two yeah. songs yeah, thank you. I love those, you know. Just, I, yeah, I was listening to that the other day. But yeah, I think it's a, I'm really proud of that record. And, um, you know, it's just, I, it's weird because we keep doing these, these like this, this, this tour with a live, which I'm happy to do with, with the other, with the other two guys. I mean, your set's so much shorter. It's like a bit of a, like a small festival. It plays 70 minutes. And I sort of always wish we could go, we could play less of the, um, you know, the traditional songs so we can go off piste a bit more. But it's just so hard because some, I don't want people, you know that thing where you go and see someone they're just like super obscure tracks the whole time it's just annoying so it's basically a little longer set I, I was also that that was also the last record with Nigel was the writing on the wall at that point I mean did you know that that was going to be the end of that part of uh, uh, the end of that chapter yeah I, I, I think that he felt really increasingly guilty of being away so much and, and missed his first uh, child growing up first few years and and um you know just went that that i don't know, probably more traditional more cliched way it just takes so much it really destroys your life to tour for this amount of time with this with this kind of veracity and it really does destroy your life and i think he just was, was intrigued in not having a destroyed life you can do it so it doesn't destroy your life by the way and people do do that but i think it certainly took a toll on my life and um i can look at my bass player Corey and be like his life you know it's um he's got such an amazing wife and they have such an amazing chemistry and, and relationship that it just works for them and then for other people it's just harder uh and that's all that happened with nigel and uh that was it i think that i think he's actually probably seen the strokes that did him in he saw the strokes and when they first came out it was like this perfect band perfect 21 years old and the rest of us were just like a waste of space <laughs> and um, and yeah, that's really it. Does it had a profound effect on them when they the first uh, uh, when the Strokes first came out? Uh, I remember that distinctly. And whilst I understood what he meant, you know, for me it's much more intriguing to be a working musician than to be a rock star. You know, like I don't. I think that, that uh, being a working musician sort of gives you um, like your your granted. Uh, <laughs> Immunity, you know, you can I can keep traveling. Yeah, you're fine. You know, if you're desperately trying to be a rock star and trying to compete and trying to be, I don't know, as popular as 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 the, as, as, as like Drake or something, you know, <laughs> or like Jay Z, you know, you're you're in trouble, you know. But if you're like trying to just just play the music that you love to the people that love you, that's okay. You can keep doing it. In the latter, obviously, you know, I'm in the delusional latter. <laughs> I, I do want to ask uh, at least one question about 16 Stone while we have the second. But uh, I, I didn't know until reading up of, recently, you know, kind of looking back at that record, 
uh, a few of the artists, uh, or a few, um, I don't know I'll say artists, uh, the importance that they had on you with, uh, with Bukowski and Ginsburg, and obviously Bowie, who you quote in one of the songs, but, uh, and you had toured with him at that point. What was that yeah. like? Because if you're using him in the lyrics and, and around him, there's got to be some, some level of hero worship to get over at that point. <laughs> Was it, oh, well, it was embarrassing. I mean, it was embarrassing because it wasn't. It was like uh, Dave's on sale again. So it was, just, it was like his sort of slutty side. You know, he had a slutty side, which he'd be first to admit. Well, the thing about it is, is that yeah, he's one of those rare exalted. I mean, you can meet everyone. I mean, you know, there's you know, obviously in this world, you you meet a lot of people who you know have a sort of a profile and are famous and stuff like that. But he's kind of special, really, isn't he? Sort of in his own world, but. I mean, once you start having a conversation, it's, I don't know, it's sort of over with. I mean, it's just really, I couldn't help. It was always exciting to get an email from him because it is David Bowie, but I don't know. It's just sort of nice to just get past that a little bit, but never lose the respect of you know, how amazing someone is. And I have lots of people who I think are amazing um, who aren't like necessarily world famous or world renowned, or sometimes they are, but you just know when you're in the presence of greatness, whether it's uh, uh, they're famous or not, you know? <laughs> I never met Bowie, so I, I don't exactly know, but yeah. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he was an exalted, uh, he was in slightly, um, you know, rarefied space, of course. But what's amazing was that that in turn made him more, um, because he has nothing to hide, he's no airs and graces, just fucking, just amazing, just interesting and amazing and funny, really funny. So basically laughing a lot and like taking the piss out of everything or, or having really in-depth, deep conversations about things that this can go anywhere because he's so well-read and erudite, you know what I mean? Just like, can go anywhere. I know that leads to the, the new record and everything too, and that's coming out later this year. I mean, we've been told it's going to be a heavy record, at least heavier than uh, maybe lately, but uh, you know, aside from the ideas and bullet holes, I mean, what's got your mind right now? Well, first off, it's really heavy musically, and bullet holes is just in the in in the vein. It's not that's not a not, not an outlier. They all sound like best friends with bullet holes. So, apart from this one ballad that my manager said that you should need to write one ballad, <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> so I wrote a ballad on a Sunday, <laughs> recorded on a Monday, and I love ballads and I love writing them. And I have such sort of a, a manic depressive side that um, they're, they're they're probably the easiest songs for me to write. I have to work hard to speed things up and not be like, oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> oh no, what will we do? Just hear a song called Oh No, What We're Gonna Do. What will we do now? So I wrote a course Undone and that was it was really nice to write and just let it out and just be like, Okay, try this and then I've never written a song on, on a Sunday and recorded on a Monday. That was like my most compact really I've, I love being compact and concise. And then there's too many words, too many songs, too many people. So like be fast at what you do. Do it efficiently. The economy no of words. The economy of everything is beautiful. Uh, I certainly do love the words that you put out there. You've been such an interesting wordsmith to kind of, kind of, um, either just enjoy or dissect for the fun of it, you know. And I've always appreciated that side of you. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to see how this one rolls Thank out you. as a round. I, I appreciate that. Well, that's why you're the album title, right? The mind plays tricks on you. Did that come from somewhere specifically for you this time? Then um, that came came from the uh, song that popped out. It's from the song called Undone, and uh, it was just lie there. And I I liked it so much in the song, I repeated it. I was that impressed with it. I repeated it, and I was like, that could be a good album title because I've been, I've done sort of shorter ones, longer ones, you know, and it's that's definitely the longest title I've ever had. I know probably big shortened to the mind, but the mind plays tricks on you. Just it just sums us all up, doesn't it? Just like 
we just like these positive and negative ions bouncing into each other, trying to be understood, trying to be liked, trying to make our way forward. And the, usually the biggest enemy is, is, is right inside us, like telling us that we, what, what, why we shouldn't be doing what we're doing or what's wrong with what we've got, you know. And uh, I just think that it's just one of those phrases that it feels really good to uh, say it out loud because it gives you hope that you can combat it. Because you, you go, I, can, I got this. Shut up. I got this. Stop it. We're fine. Stop it. You know, and uh, I think that, that it's so weird when you look at everyone's, um, not what they say, but you look at everyone's subtext that has that in there. Everybody's subtext has that so deeply in there that you start to forgive a lot of people a lot of things. Most people, most things. When you think of it, that it's usually from a defensive position and really unusually from a, an aggressive position. That it just, it just, you go, hmm, it's a slight revelation. I just felt like a relief to say it, you know, like, these shoes are too tight. You know, <laughs> you just say it, and you go, they fucking are. They're just too tight. They look great. They're just too tight. They're too tight. Check <laughs> the shoes. Uh, I mean, it sounds like there's a bit of optimism in everything you just said, and uh, it, that's that's nice to hear. Yeah, there is, there is, there is, there's, there's always, there's always hope. You know, remember, it's only death. <laughs> Maybe that's the greatest way to sum this entire thing up, right there. I love that. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> All right. Gavin, I, I so appreciate the, the time you've taken today. I, I really can't wait to hear the, the rest of the record. Uh, congrats on that. And, uh, and take care, man. We'll see you out on the road. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. bye. Uh, my thanks. Gavin Rosdell. Bush, the new record, it's going to be out this fall. Of course, you've got the uh, John Wick 3 soundtrack before then. And hey, don't forget, before you get out of here, uh, I hope you hit the subscribe button. Again, you can subscribe on Spotify, on YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts, where I do hope you give the series a rating and uh, leave a review as well. Uh, Even if it's not a review, just say hi. I'm listening from uh, Arizona. I don't know. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Friday. You can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Mayer. Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. And Kyle Meredith, I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.